You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Fargo After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Fargo After Show. Hello, Fargo fans, and welcome to episode two of our AfterBuzz TV After Show for Fargo. I'm your host, Oriana Leo, and joining me to my left is the fabulous... Hi, I'm Jillian Left. And on my right... I am David Schifolitti. And I'm Sarah Huggins. And welcome to episode two, entitled The Rooster Prince. If you're a member of the Fargo fan club, you have arrived to the best after show in town. Ever. I, I like that, question. Fargo fan club. Please start the show off with a question. Yeah. Do we know anything about the title's significance? I was just thinking the same thing. Well, I bet Google knows, but I didn't check. That's okay. okay. Did anyone else check? Yeah. But no. we, can, we can start talking while while David. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll start taking a look. We can okay. multitask. Yeah, we can yeah. multitask. Yeah, love that. Um, so the episode opens with uh, who we find out is Mr. Wrench and Mr. Numbers. And I have to say, I got very excited. I'm like a giant Adam Goldberg fan, like diehard. Which Maybe one was so. which? Mr. Wrench was Mr. Goldberg. Was Adam Goldberg. Okay. Mm-hmm. See, I'm convinced that um, the deaf. Mr. Numbers. Mr. Wren. Oh, sorry. Right. Mr. Mr. Wren. Mr. Wren is not actually deaf. No, it didn't seem like real sign language. It did not seem no. like real sign language. Right. At all. Well, obviously, one is the muscle and one is the brain. Right. right. I mean, as we saw in the film version, there was a muscle and a brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who knows what's actually going to happen? Oh, uh, yes. Right. You know, okay. the muscle ended up living in the end. (laughs) Right. And the brain ended up dying. I mean, I don't want to see Adam Goldberg dead. No. But at the same time, I mean, look what happened to their characters in the show. They find a guy at the strip club and the end of the episode, they end up shoving him in an ice hole. Yeah, I kind of, uh, jumping ahead just a little bit, but I appreciated the the muscle uh, in that scene. I thought they might use it, the ice hole, for, uh, for, for information gathering purposes, but they just went straight for it. Like, right. no, just dump this guy. Innocent Orion. Well, you have to think about it like this. Like, they took this guy in trying to figure out who murdered Hess, right? Mm-hmm. They're trying to find that guy. And it's the wrong guy. And now, if they set him free, they could get into trouble. So you might as well just dispose of the evidence. The evidence. What's so funny is that they don't know if it's the wrong guy. They don't know what they're doing. No, they don't Nobody know what knows what they're doing in this in these two towns of the first one I can't pronounce and the second one is Duluth. <laughs> um, What's the first one? I honestly can't. Do you guys know how to pronounce the na- town's name? Spell it out. Uh, don't. It's a bunch of there is a there is a, a blue ox on the sign. Mm-hmm. It's a bunch of consonants. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, could help us out I found with information that. about the Rooster Prince. Oh, okay. please tell okay, us. Okay, so the Rooster Prince is a Jewish marshal or parable. Um, and it comes from Hasidic Judaism. Ding, ding. Ding, ah. ding, ding. Yes. Some, some, um, okay, some and it's about uh, being a prince who goes insane, and he takes off his clothes, and he sits under the table and pecks the floor. Oh. Okay. I don't know if it has anything to do with that, but I think just... 
Well, we saw the rooster princess. Yes, yes we, did. we did see some yes, foreshadowing. We yes, did. we'll see where that leads us. Um, but the show definitely, you know, it opens up after we see Mr. Wrench and numbers with the funerals, which are pretty unremarkable as funerals go. We have the, the funeral yeah. of Lester's wife mm-hmm. and population her. ten, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Just family. There yeah. was some mac and cheese. Yes, I think that was at Burns. At Burns funeral, they had good food yeah. with sports on the TV. <laughs> yeah, um, and Lester is staying with his brother, who we learned last time he doesn't really care for. Right. Um, and you know he had the ins- the unfortunate incident with the machine gun. Right. Was it called the pig something? The piglet? No. He, he dropped it essentially, completely humiliated. He dropped himself. an assault rifle mm. and, broke and broke it. Um, but while he's at his brother's house, he's invited to go hunting. And his sister in law says, Oh, no, I don't think you'd want to be involved with that violence, which I thought, I don't know if you guys picked up on him. Oh, right. I shouldn't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, he seemed a little on edge throughout the entire episode. Right. And for me, it was like a little strange to see him sort of mourning his wife's death. When he was the one who killed her. Well, and that was like a sudden thing. I don't know. I feel like... What was a sudden thing? Well, that way he murder? killed her. Like, he, that was the first Impulsive. person he'd ever killed. Right. It was the first person he'd ever killed. It's not like he's like a serial killer that's but like... that being said, he seemed to have enjoyed it. Well, I don't... I think at first, the initial, you know, hit to the head, mm-hmm. he, he felt that rush that I guess you would get if you murder somebody. I don't know. I've never murdered anyone. Um, really? Yet. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he is now he's now processing it, and he's realizing what he did, and I mean, like, look how long it took for him to clean up the stuff. He still hasn't cleaned up the basement. That is why he went to his brother's, because the basement and the room with her clothes is haunting him, and he cannot, he can't shake it. But also think about the the problems he had before he impulsively killed his wife are the same problems he has now. He doesn't do anything. (laughs) Well, he's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. He doesn't take action on anything. And when he does, he fails miserably. Mm -hmm. And here he took action. He has to deal with the consequences, and he's failing miserably. Right? He's He's on edge, but he's not mourning his wife the way... I would expect someone to no, like, like it's publicly, right. except yeah. that this is Minnesota, and I'm not sure that anyone is more. They're, I'm not sure that culturally people are as expressive. They seem to be a more positive, yeah, part of the country, and seem to look at the brighter side of things as opposed yes. to going directly to the negative. Speaking of which, dark side. this Easter weekend, yes. I had some Easter guests that were from Minnesota, oh. right. and so I Son said, Chiano. yes, and I said I was going to quote them uh, because they gave me some great insight and said that even when something they hate something they'll say oh that's different I mean they'll never I love that they'll never she was explaining to me that they don't really express outwardly negative feelings they're very passive aggressive Mm. so when they're trying to get at you they're going to say that's different or interesting they're not going to come out and say anything that might be God bless her heart yes very passive aggressive, condescending. They're not going to start um, any conflict, which is what makes Lauren's character stand out so much. Right. Well, he's obviously mm. not from there. He's Who knows drifter. where he's from? Yeah, yeah he's a drifter. Well, Molly's drifter. Molly's a little bit forward. Yeah. We did notice something that Molly's last name. Yes. Salverson. Salve. 
her. <laughs> she seems to be, uh, so she has a hunch. Aggressive. Right? She is aggressive. She is the one that's trying to push this forward, and she just wants to talk to Lester. Right. And she seems to be the only one who's actually putting the pieces together correctly. I mean, we saw in the first episode that she thinks that the Hess murder and the naked man, the mm-hmm. naked frozen man, were connected. Oh, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And no one, else se- no one else in the police force seemed to think that they were even remotely connected. But she put those two pieces together very quickly. And unfortunately for her, Vern was like the only person on her side right. Right. for her to become chief. And now we know how much you love Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> oh, I love Bob Odenkirk. Oh, my God. No, actually, funny story. I, I met him. I live in Los Angeles, and I met him uh, at a... where? In Los Angeles. Um, no at, at a liquor store. He came in, like, all disheveled, and he got milk oh my, and a candy bar. Um, <laughs> nice. And I was just like, oh, my God. Hangover. Saul. Saul Goodman from Breaking Bad. Um, but anyway, yeah, he is just so not on Molly's side in this, and he wants things to be his way, and he didn't see it this way, so it will not be seen this way. And he got some of it. I mean, he says that he thinks that there is something, it has something to do with who There's Lester was talking to in the hospital, right, the whole drifter situation. But so he, he has part of it. He does, yes, but he's also sort of like, I'm chief. I think, do as I say, Mm -hmm. I am, I think it was a drifter, leave Lester alone already. Now, Julian, you heard something I didn't quite catch, which was um, Chief Oswald says that that Lester faints at the sight of blood. Yeah. Do you remember from Mm -hmm. high school? Yeah, oh yeah, remember, you know, you passed out here, here, and it's funny because when he was recalling the story to the police officers for the second time, he said... I saw my wife, aw, oh, geez, I saw her, and, um, uh, oh, yeah, so I, I saw her, and that's all I remember, right. and, you know, then I, I don't remember anything. He leaves blood, he leaves the word blood out of the story, mm-hmm. and we know, too, that um, Chief Oswald, he's also squeamish um, under the sight of blood, so so they're on the same page with that. Um, I also think that that's, uh, that's where he gets a little hazy with the situation because I don't think that Bob Odenkirk's character was fully aware of what was happening when he visited the crime scene because he, right. he couldn't even stomach what was, what was going on, you know, let alone that the, the chief died. Um, Absolutely. But we saw him get sick once already, and, you know, now we know the whole thing about the blood. So, I mean, that stuck out to me right Absolutely. away. Absolutely. And that leaves Molly to be the only one that really had her head about her. Mm-hmm. Right and Lester also keeps saying that he has a concussion. He keeps re- like hounding the fact that he's like, I had a, con- I have a concussion. I have a concussion. Like, I can't remember okay. everything. Everything's fuzzy. But he does stand up for himself the first time in this episode mm-hmm. yes. when he calls Oswald and says Molly was harassing me. Right, because he knows that this is his sort of like last chance effort to get her off his back. Yep, mm-hmm. and obviously it's not going to work because I mean, then the yeah. show wouldn't work. But when she's having, you know, at the diner, she's having a meal with her dad there, and uh, Chief Oswald comes in and says, you're off the case, but you're on the naked the frozen, naked frozen guy, which is <laughs> ironic case. because it's this, you know, we know it's the same case. She knows it's the same case, mm-hmm. but, you know, she has to deal with all these bumbling idiots. I love how they... Do what you gotta do. I love how when they said they were like, you're off the case, and then she... or they're, Not you're off the case. When she... They told her to stop harassing Lester, and then she, like, immediately was like, hey, like, followed him home. Goes harasses him. Yeah, and goes and harasses him. I mean, I even, that. I just think about how when you go to get your prescription filled, and there's a sign <laughs> that says, like, stand back yeah. for privacy. Right. She's right up in his grill. <laughs> She's a cop. 
But ointment yeah. could have been for anything. Right. I mean, it could be super <laughs> embarrassing. Today I was at the um, the pharmacy and. I heard the pharmacist. She was, like, very loud. And she was like, yeah, it's the vaginal cream for Molly. (laughs) And I was like, if Molly was here, she would be cowering. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or would she? Uh, (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's fine. um, What I did notice about Molly's dad, I don't know if any of you caught this, but he was shot. Yes, I heard her say that. Yeah, so this she was like selling. He was selling something on the side of the road. I don't know. He was shot, and the guy was the guy was let off. So she was trying to relate to um, the now deceased chief's wife Mm -hmm. and tell the story. So this isn't the first time that she sort of dealt with trauma. So I don't know if that's going to come back into play. I know that her father ended up living, but it was just sort of a tidbit that I'm not. I'm not sure why they shared it. They shared it for a reason. They did. It's possible that her father was also a policeman. Well, he was saying that this is a savage world and that, you know, he wishes she would not be a police officer because his worldview is that this is a violent, savage world. And as a police officer, she's just going to keep digging and looking into that violence and savagery and he wants something else for her. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe that's what happened. He was an officer. He got shot and then he decided to open up a restaurant. Yeah. And he needs a simple life. Hostesses. Hostesses. Oh, he needs a hostess. Because one day she's going to get married and have kids of her own. (laughs) And did you see her face when he said that? She was like, hmm, I don't know. I'm 31 now. No prospects. I'm 30. Oh, yeah. We had an age talk. So uh, we then are introduced in a very interesting way to uh, the story of Milos Stavros, the American Phoenix. The American Phoenix. Oliver Platt. The supermarket king of Minnesota. Yeah. Through uh, this interesting way of Lorne going to the it wasn't a post office. What was it? It was like a post, like a mailbox. A it was a mailbox window. Yeah. Right. Maybe like a mailbox, et cetera. In which he asked yeah. for a package right. addressed to Duluth. This is one of my favorite scenes, by the way, B2W. <laughs> Why? Why? Tell us about it. Because I like, I, I don't know. I just liked it. I liked, I don't know. It's because of the comment that. that I made, isn't it? Oh my God! Yes, it is. That's why. That is what why. did he say? That is why. Because I, I wrote asked it down. If he was wearing a turtleneck, if the, that was his skin. As soon as he walked in, David was like, "Is that a turtleneck or is that his skin?" And he and was it, like, "Completely." And it was his skin. And it was his skin. His We're talking skin. about BB. BBT. Yeah, Lauren. Yeah. Oh, yeah. BBT Lauren. Lauren. I'm getting the names down. We need to practice saying them. But I, I liked it. I thought it was. I just liked it. it was like a little cat and mouse thing and then he eventually got his way which I like I like that he likes to play Lauren likes to play with people and I I think that's an interesting I have an interesting article to read a little later about that he intimidates he does and I also read something about the haircut about that it was like he said a friend kind of like one of a friend gave him a haircut and he said the bangs were just supposed to be so innocent and on him so wrong right. and it just made it perfect yeah to have the bangs well actually the guy that they ended up throwing in the ice hole at the end it, it keeps like it keeps sounding like I'm saying a curse, but I'm saying ice hole, ice hole. Um, God, Jillian, don't curse. I'm sorry, guys. It's a PG show. Um, he had the weird like Caesar bangs too, yeah. and that was really the only similarity about the two men. Well, and they had a cut. Oh, he and had the a cut. cut. Yes, yeah. the cut. Mm-hmm. They both had a bonka to head on the head and some bangs. And they were both at the strip club. You did? Yep. What were you doing during that I whole part? So we uh, he gets Lauren gets his new identity. Uh, from whoever this employer is, uh, the guy with all the phones that we saw last yeah. episode, and it has the book, and he's a preacher or minister. He's a minister now. He's a minister Amazing. now. Perfect. It's perfect. Um, it's the best. It's the perfect cover, isn't it? It really yeah. is because no one ever is going to question minister. Well, sometimes. 
So he goes and he to the office of Mr. Stavros, Milo Stavros, mm-hmm. and there is a ransom note, if you will. Yeah, and yeah. he's trying to like just, an old school ransom note, like a very immature yes. high school. Like I, you know, that's what you would do in high school. I even. made one of Did those you? in high school. Yeah, what a ransom say? note. I, yes, it was like... <laughs> what was the ransom Do tell. I, my friend and I wrote one of those ransom notes and sent it to our friend who was spending the summer on Staten Island. <laughs> and? and? Like, sent, like, fake murder pictures. Oh, my <laughs> With, like, spaghetti and ketchup. Yeah. That's actually amazing. quite creative. I, would, I really it hope was summertime. Yeah, and, well, like, you know, what the hell are you doing during summer? Creative alert. So we find out that this guy's the king awesome. of grocery stores. What, you know, he's very proud of himself. El Rey de Mercados. Mangoes and contributing to global warming or whatever. I think mangoes in the summertime, in the wintertime, is pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, he's the supermarket king for a reason. Yeah. He ships his, his stuff in from Ecuador. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Which is he's, where you he's pretty much a G. Oh, we know he's worth over he's 10 million. Sure. Over so 15. Maybe 20. Who maybe knows? 30. Who knows? <laughs> Baller. So it's Minnesota. My question to you guys I know those are Minnesota dollars, too, which, by the way, those are <laughs> big long way. money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big money. Um, what I didn't quite understand is that. So after he makes some extremely disparaging comments about his wife, his mm-hmm. Greek wife, and what happens to her in other regions after the age of 40. It grows right. teeth. Yeah. Um, that he, he wants to divorce her, but has she done anything to him that we know other than... Being over 40? Being over 40. <laughs> no. Is that her only crime? I, probably. I'm pretty sure that's her I'm only I'm pretty crime. sure that's her only crime. Yeah. But, but, she has an attitude problem. Yeah. But, I mean, really, if you're married to a jerk, him, then... Right. You know. And then he receives this ransom note <laughs> right. anonymously, and yes. he thinks it's from her. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to get our story. Like, yes. I'm right. sure and I'm- then there's also the, the dim-witted son who's right. telling the weird jokes. Karachi. Which, which it was weird. Sorry. He was like, I didn't, at first I didn't realize that was the son. I was like, is that a boyfriend or like boy toy? Like what? He came into the office. Into the office. And was I like, know. dad. But, oh, not him. I'm talking about the other guy. The We're trainer? Not, yeah. Yes. Oh. This is this is another thing that Sorry. that came up, and I don't know if this makes any sense dealing with the kids on the show, but we see the dim-witted son. We don't know if he actually has a mental issue or whatnot. Right. Mm-hmm. Then we meet Gordo, um, Gordo. With the autism. Yeah, right. the autism on the spectrum. Um, who else do we have that we, we have, can? Uh, the Hans Hess Hanks's son or daughter. Oh, the Hess. Well, we oh, have yeah. the Hess sons, who obviously, you know, one of them actually both, both of them really both have pretty dim. And the only one that we sort of have some faith in is uh, Greta Grimley. Is, is Greta, and as we know by looking on IMDb, she is the only one in all twelve episodes. Right. And the reason why we didn't meet her last episode is because she was on the phone talking to him, so yes. she was listed in the episode. Um, so maybe this is uh, you know sort of predicting that foreshadowing, you know that. She'll be the the light. Well, between right. Molly Salverson mm. and Greta Grimley, there are only like saving graces from this whole town. Well, Greta also has the police radio, which is how she was communicating with right. her father. So maybe she somehow gets That's in gonna, touch with yeah. Molly. I feel like Molly, though, the she's getting a little bit too close for comfort. Like as soon as if like Lauren comes back into that yeah. picture, there she's gonna bite the dust pretty quick. I I think that's a pretty good yeah. uh, prediction Sorry, for early like, No, prediction. that's okay. So you're right. We go and we meet Mrs. Stavros mm-hmm. and her trainer, which, right. yeah, it's hard to figure out. I didn't out. know if that was her boyfriend. I don't know. He's weird. not particularly buff. Right. No. He just, he's <laughs> right. just very bronzed. Is he gay? Is he straight? Right. 
I, I don't know. He was flamboyant a little bit. He, th- he seems to enjoy his role as He's her. Yeah, as her <laughs> you know, side piece or Sculptor. whatever. Yeah. Sculptor. Who knows? Do we think they're having an affair? I think something. I no. got a weird vibe. I, I don't think there's anything going on with them because he also asked for a weird specific amount of money. If you oh, remember, you're right. it, it was wasn't like, 40 like I want a million dollars. He was like, I want forty three thousand five hundred and seventy six dollars. Hmm. I don't recall this part. Me neither. The, yeah, he in, commented in, in the on note. It. Lauren commented on it. He was like, why, why did he ask for this amount of money? And yeah, is there anybody Stavros that... was like, what difference does it make? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't uh... hire you to look up why the note was sent. I hired you to find out who sent it. Okay. So, we, so we're assuming that he wrote the note. Well, yeah, the, the tanning lotion on the back of the note. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean... Bad. There's so many little yeah. details, I feel like, that well, he at least handled it. Mm-hmm. He at least, he at least handled, handled it. the note. Yes. Right. That was my assumption. I yeah. didn't assume he made yeah. it. I assumed he at least handled it. Yeah. Very stupidly. I'm going to go out on a limb and say <laughs> that the dim-witted son <laughs> and the trainer are in cahoots. cahoots. Oh. Because I already think that's the son who sent the note. Oh, yeah. You did say that. Yeah. Because of the timing, because of him coming in while they're reading it, him wanting to be a part of it. Yeah, it's the minute they introduced a son... Into like an air situation. Yeah, there has to there would. Why would you even introduce a son? I don't know, but I love the angle. So he's like not the brightest. He's he's that's why he's asking for. Or he's smarter than he seems. And he just has a toy that he wants, and it's probably forty some thousand dollars. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I love that idea. I think that's. I really love it. So Lauren shows up. Mr. Malvo mm-hmm. <laughs> shows up to their home. We meet Mrs. Stavros, the trainer, and he's posing as... He works for the divorce attorney. The divorce attorney to talk about the funds, mm-hmm. right? Um, and Which the, he clearly has like another angle on all of this. I know. I was kind of thinking, who is he going to mess with this time? Right. 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 Which he seemed like he left the area without actually stirring yeah. any... You know what? Although he could have, it could have been trouble because the son recognized him. Mm-hmm. And he was there for part of the conversation, but, you know, luckily he shot him down with another joke, which was very clever. Again, trombone. Trombone. I don't get that joke. <laughs> a trombone. It's the kind of bone that a dog can't chew. You can't chew a trombone. trombone. is an instrument. I, I mean, I oh get it. Oh, my God. Did you like karate better? Yes. Yeah, karate oh, was better. Yeah, that was cute. <laughs> so what is interesting, here's another idea. What if the son isn't really that dumb? That, well, yeah, that's what I just said. That's yeah. But he's going to put it all together. Mm. You know what I mean? He yeah. knows what he's there for. He can turn it all around. We will see. We will see. So what's the deal with the security guy uh, that was in the oh, office? Yeah. Okay, so he wants to be in charge of looking for... The person who sent the ransom out, and he's threatened by Lauren's presence. There's a whole lot of egos in this small town. They're so concerned with their self-importance. Well, I also think that he's worried. I mean, I would be worried about my job because this, you know, Stavros doesn't seem like he messes around. This guy has been his confidant forever, but if he can't do what is asked of him, obviously there already was something that happened where they had to hire Lauren. Right. You know, like this guy might have looked... Whatever he didn't, he didn't accomplish it, so that's why they hired. So he seems like so confident. He's like, I'm gonna find find out who did this. But he's not. He's gonna die. (laughs) So what I love is that before he shows up, is that Lauren is listening to Lester's phone message on a Walkman. 
Yeah. Over yeah. and over again. Like, as if it's his soothing self-help tape or something. Right. Like, that's what... It's get, motivating That's him. motivating him. Yeah. Truly. Well, we well, talk about motivating characters. It, uh-huh. it was, because, you know, he obviously pinned the murder on Lester, even though he was the one that committed all of them. He said, you know, you did this. You did this to Hess. I didn't do this. So I think just by listening to it in his brain, as long as he hears, you know, the struggle, whatever... He knows that, really, it was Lester that killed Vern, and right. he didn't do it. But, you know, like like any person, they need to sort of justify that to I themselves. Almost fe- I yeah. was getting the feeling that, like, he was enjoying... Yeah, me too. The, like, getting the, off the on the weak, fact. Yes, yeah. like, the weakness and the despair in his voice that that was, that was like, making him feel good. Yeah, he lost seemed on all of that. ecstatic. Lost in his eyes? Or? Yeah. <laughs> no, for the record, like, I, like, not into Your him anymore. Your like, <laughs> now this is, No, this is, like, so... This is so weird. Unless he comes into the studio, then we love you. So uh, the uh, security right. guard comes in and tries to have a confrontation with Lauren Malvo. And what does he do to respond? Takes a poo. Takes a dump. <laughs> I was waiting for him to like start ripping the pages out of the book. And, and wiping, like, wiping with, with it. With yeah. Yeah. That would have been amazing. That would have been amazing. But he didn't. He just like sat there and read it. It was pretty, I was pretty impressed. I was not expecting that. And I think that we should all... Just stash that in the back next time someone comes in and wants to have a fight with you. Just, you're just start open the door and sit down on the toilet, and they will probably leave. Yeah, they'll get that. You don't even have you don't to have do to poop. You don't yeah. have to say anything. They, so, he so didn't. I, he didn't yeah. say a word. No. Leave the door open. So I shouldn't tell your fiance that's what you're going to do the next time you get into a disagreement. Okay, I won't tell. No, it's a secret. What if you're not anywhere near the bathroom? You have to be like, excuse me. <laughs> you have to be to like, hey, can you follow me? Can you come can back? You just, let's take no, the conversation this way. Me. Excuse me. And just have you know find what, a bucket. It would probably have an equally. It'd have a great effect. They oh, would just yeah. be out of there. So oh taking God. your clothes off? Yeah. Well, well, they might be too yeah. into that. No, <laughs> I suggest the toilet. Fans, okay. yeah. let us know. Yeah. Let us know what <laughs> you want us to Aussies. do. Hashtag <laughs> yeah. uh, Sitting on a toilet. I don't know. Or what you do in an argument. Yeah. To hashtag, end an argument. To get, hashtag poop fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Poop fight. So we see Lester going back to the house. And he visits the washing machine. I thought he was going to he fix it. Fix the it. Machine. So did I. No. I was like, he's going to fix it. He's going to fix no. it. He's going to have some kind of healing moment. No, that would, no. Um, instead, he has, that's where he has hidden the murder weapon. Which was genius of him to hide it in the washing machine. Because who's going to look inside the washing machine yeah. for a murder weapon? Full of hair and brains. Yeah, Did you, you check that out? He would have bleached it or he something. He was like, uh, it was covered in DNA. This is his first murder. Yeah. <laughs> He doesn't, have the, he doesn't right? have the cleanup done yet. He's not, He's not you know, Dexter. Dexter. Well, he hasn't yeah. even right. cleaned the basin. He hasn't done anything. He hasn't done anything. Mm-hmm. He decides that he's just going to sell the house. He's probably not even going to clean it before gonna he tries sell to sell it. With it. The it's weird that nobody else is like, hey, you know what? You should clean that up. Well, if we're really getting down to it, though, because I'm like a big crime. I watch like a lot of those shows. Mm-hmm. They send someone out. Like if something like that it, happens, yes. They send someone out to clean it. Clearly not in Minnesota. Well, yeah. it's a small town. It's Everyone knows each town. other. It's a small town. They clearly do not Nobody have wants to clean that up. protocol. Like, yeah, that's true. The big city. And you even hear the security guard guy going, you big city folk coming in mm. here and trying to tell us what to do. Like, There's a big pushback and resentment yeah, towards true. doing things the way the people big do city. them in Minnesota. They should be done. Um, so we see Lester at his brother's house. Mm-hmm. Um, hanging with some TV dinners. Hanging with TV dinners. Why? What the hell were they eating? Why? Know, the, why smell the urine? 
that one? Why uh, smell the urine? You said... so creepy. And I quote, he's curious. I, no, I said he couldn't help <laughs> oh, himself. Whatever, yeah. he couldn't help he himself. He couldn't he's help curious. himself. And then which two I said, would you smell it? No, he knows no. what it is. But that's something about his character, is that he couldn't help himself. But to open it and sniff it. Is disgusting. It's disgusting. There's something wrong with Lester. Yeah. <laughs> this is your You're first just clue? figuring that yeah. out. We're two episodes in. <laughs> Although, if you really think about it, we're three episodes in because it's the longest TV show ever made. <laughs> Although, this week wasn't that long. No. I, I it was 75 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I thought the pacing was great. Mm-hmm. Um, we had talked about that while the show was happening because yeah. I feel like, you know, we were expecting this explosive moment, like what happened in the first we episode. We did not get mm-hmm. one. We didn't get it, but it moved a lot faster. I enjoyed this one Although, more. we did get a little neighborly... Naked action. Yeah. Which is oh, yeah. always fun. So Naughty we get neighbor. to spend time with uh, Gus Grimley and his daughter Greta Grimley because I was really excited about doing a Gigi, but we have two yeah. Gigi's. It's going to make it a little difficult. So Gus and Greta. So we have Gus and Greta, and we get to meet Greta. She's a seems like a very smart young lady. And we get to see the two of them having a lovely dinner of burger and fries together with ketchup. <laughs> and there is a modestly dressed Hasidic Jewish woman I'd say she was Hasidic. I'd say she's conservative, probably more orthodox. Uh, orthodox. orthodox. Yeah. yeah. Well, we were saying I assumed because of the rooster prince. <laughs> right. Right. That was my right. assumption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your right. uh, when you see the the family having the seder, yes, they didn't really look Hasidic. So, and also, like, I don't think a Hasidic Jew would call someone to the the truck from outside. Oh, was oh, that God. their truck? Oh, I the didn't put mitzvah? that together. The mitzvah tank. The mitzvah yeah, the mitzvah tank. tank. Yeah, I don't see a Hasidic Jew calling the mitzvah tank to come on over. <laughs> I don't either. So maybe they're a little more loose. So they're a little, maybe, maybe I just don't know, it is Minnesota. Who knows? Yeah. But, you know, Gus, I'm assuming, is a single dad. Mm-hmm. It appears that there's mm-hmm. no mother in the picture, right. whether right. she's passed away or left. I don't think Hopefully we, we'll find out. We don't know that yet. But there's this beautiful woman. They don't have curtains up at all. Yeah. Right. Do you guys find that a little strange? They look no. very close or they're together. Just, they're open. He's but a single man. They're completely open for dinner for everything, right. and their houses oh, are the very close. The right. They're very together. close together, and all Gus has to do while he's eating his burger and fries is look over and see her undressing. Like that seems awesome. Weird. You've never been. Your apartment building has never been so close to someone else's apartment building. Oh my god, I've, I've been had, there. Yeah, I it, and I had a, no, I it had a is right stir. now. Yeah. That's what I'm I can saying. see like, people in their shower, so I keep my thing closed. And right. I, but occasionally, I mean, but occasionally I'm sure you that, peek, and you're yeah. like, "Is there anyone there?" <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Occasionally, I peek, but I can't, I don't like open it up and then take Naked. off my clothes <laughs> and like give a show to whoever's standing Shake there. It. You're like, Shake yeah, you like well, that. No, this is this is the thing about you <laughs> know, know the the Jewish culture, at least you know the Tell the type, us, the Jillian, type our resident Jew. Well, you know. <laughs> And also David and, and a little bit also. and a little bit Sarah. Come on, I, but I'm, I'm nominating you. Yeah, okay. I'm a little bit. Too um, I like so that. basically, the female form has to be covered. Mm-hmm. We saw her take off a wig. They're not allowed to show their real hair to um, anyone other than their husband. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, she did take off a wig. Yeah. She did take off mm-hmm. a wig. And she is mm-hmm. orthodox. Yeah. So I mean, I have mm-hmm. never. Uh, I have. Uh, you know, I, I've seen Orthodox Jews before. I've never seen them in that sexy of lingerie. Um, uh, if even yeah, they can I mean, be sexy too. Come on now, I, they can absolutely, <laughs> but it's usually you know very very modest dressing. Modest. Ankles cannot be shown. You know right. everything needs to be covered. And I mean, she really just probably not getting it from her husband. Loud so and she proud. wants a little bit of attention because I mean, hey, if you had that body, I'd want to flash a guy yeah. in a window too. 
I, I do it all the time. I, I, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I totally I'm just kidding. And I'm not speaking for, you know, all all of the Orthodox or, <laughs> Jewish, or Jewish community at all. Hasidic Jewish culture. <laughs> no. I'm just saying from my experience, you know, they are very modest dressers and the body is something that should be covered and not shown. So it's a little bit, you know. Well, yes. I mean, yeah. in, in that community, it is only for your husband. Exactly. You don't even necessarily communicate with other men. Mm-hmm. So this is, I mean, she's really. She's putting it out there. She's really putting it out there. She but she's serving her husband there. and, like, looks up at him and, and gives him a nice. she's serving her neighbor. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, her wife. Yeah, she's Side actually loving on her number. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't quite know what to make of that, but I'm hoping that we see more of them. I know. Yeah. I mean, it was a little strange. It seems that a little random. That little scene was yeah. just sort of, like. Put in there, but we don't know what it is about yet. I have my thoughts. Mm. Oh, good. Do tell. Prediction. I don't know. I feel like when you give in to temptation like that, I mean, he knows that she is a married woman, and I feel like, you know how they always say the, the virgin lives in horror movies? I always feel like if you see a character doing something bad, they're usually going to go that way. So maybe it was foreshadowing his ultimate death, you know, it, it's involving her or she right. he goes over to see her. Maybe Lorne will grab her or he sees it through the window. I don't know. I don't know my crazy mind. Well, actually, I think mm. you might be on something. I did write down something that Gus says to his daughter Greta when he says, sometimes there's more than one right thing. Mm-hmm. And she just, um, mm. doesn't understand what that means. And he's trying to explain that there's not always one right way to do things. There's right. no, But... I don't know. It looks like it could be foreshadowing, mm. you know, okay. of what the right thing is for them. I think we've pretty much wrapped mm. up. Are you guys have anything else to say before news and gossip? No. I think we should get into news and gossip. All right. News uh, and gossip. Yeah. Fracas. That's the only thing. Oh, <laughs> Who would goodness. like to go first? Fracas. Um, Head Sarah. Okay. So I looked, or we were all curious, and... If the real, if the movie Fargo, the TV show Fargo, is based on something that really happened, because they do have that thing at the beginning that says, "What does it say?" Something. Out of respect it's, to uh, the, the it living, it says it's based on a true story, and out of respect to the dead, the it'll be told exactly. Names yes. change it. The names have been changed, right. but the story will be told exactly the way yes. that it happened. And I'm sure something the Die like Hard fans already know this, but but we didn't. We did not. No. And even though we are diehard fans now. <laughs> um, so apparently the movie is based on a series of events, and they just kind of connected them all together. Okay. It's events that took place in Minnesota in 1987. And let's see. There was a newspaper story about a woman named Hell Crafts who disappeared in November <laughs> in 1986. And then Crafts' husband told people... She was visiting her mother in Denmark, but a friend telephoned the mother and discovered hell was not there. A babysitter saw a rug with a dark stain in the craft's room, and it later went missing. A private detective Uh found the rug at the landfill and took it to the police, and that, along with the other evidence, indicated foul play. But where was the body? Woodtrooper. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) No, in 1989, police discovered the truth. Her husband had fed her body through a wood chipper. And that's basically, like, the main part of the story. And then it doesn't say what the other events are. It just is a series of events. So our TV show is based on a movie that is based on <laughs> true events. True events. <laughs> yes. Loosely. 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 Well, I mean, it is based. Yeah, it is based. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I mean, I thought that was interesting. I like 
the story behind the story. So yeah. I have an article. Um, Billy Bob Thornton talks Fargo. I read a um, an article he did with Fox News, as well as he did a series of of interviews with Southern um, Southern states based outlets. Okay, um, he did talk about how he feels that the media doesn't portray the South in a fair manner. They're always like country bumpkins and right. so on and so forth. Well, is he Southern? Yes. Okay. He's from Arkansas. Arkansas. <laughs> so um, they he was just talking about his character. I thought this was really good insight for us because we've been trying to understand this character. <laughs> right. And he says, I liked the idea of playing a guy who has no conscience. He has this weird sense of humor. He likes to mess with people. And as we went along, I started thinking, he's a loner. So messing with people is actually his social life, mm. his recreation. <sighs> He doesn't like weakness. He has this weird curiosity about weak people, and he sees them as people he can use. So it goes on, and there's a couple articles in, that he, you know, press that he did, and he speaks on various degrees. But I thought it was really interesting. The Where did you yeah. find this article? This was on um, Knoxville.com. Okay. Um, and then the previous one I found, I literally just did a Google search for Billy Bob Thornton, and he did a bunch of press in the last three days, and it was all out of Southern outlets. How interesting. That yeah. is interesting. So I think yeah. as we go forward, thinking about him, his social life and recreation is is to mess with people and pick on their weaknesses and It makes them. a lot of sense. Yeah. I like it. Do you have anything? No? Okay. I'm ready to predict. Yeah, Yeah. moving on. Moving on. And now, you're after Buzz TV. Music sounds here today. (laughs) That was good. Do you want to go first, Jillian? Sure. Um, So I am, (laughs) you know, I'm, I'm going with my prediction, obviously, of Gus's ultimate end having something to do with the Jewish woman in the window. Okay. Um, but I do think that time is almost up for our Molly. I think that she will probably die in the next episode I or agree. the one after. I concur. Um, she is just... I understand that she wants to find this out, but she's also pissing me off right. <laughs> about how aggressive she is. Like, girl, don't be so thirsty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't be so thirsty about the crime. Well, she's Uh, so obvious. Yeah. She, I feel like she's the only one searching for the truth, though. I I get that, but it's, I don't know, like, for me, it's almost not about it now. We've moved so much past it that obviously the show is going to have to deal with the murders that took place in the first episode. Right. But, you know, we're, you know, we're weaving a tangled web now. Like, there are going to be other murders that are unrelated. Lorne is going to be sort of the only constant thread mm-hmm. throughout all the murders. Who is a drifter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's hired to do this. So, um, I believe that Molly is going to die. And I hope that we find out more about um, Colin Hanks's character. Because he hasn't really been heavily featured yet. Uh, so I'm excited to see what happens next week. Awesome. Mm. David? David. Okay, so what I'm predicting is that Colin Hanks is going to put the pieces together before Molly does with mm. Lester. Okay. Because we saw when we saw Colin today in the police station, he pulled the ticket out and he had all the information of his car, mm-hmm. of Lauren's car. So he's mm-hmm. going to be the next one to die, I think. Oh. Um... And then Molly. Really? Um, that's all I have, I think. Sarah? I yeah. agree. I think Molly is biting the dust next week for sure. If 
for some reason not next week then the week after I think Colin Hanks is going to last a lot longer Gus Grimley Gus okay. Grimley Gigi I think he's going to last a little longer. Um, I did write down that it looks like Lester gets some action next week. I'm not oh, sure yeah. if you guys saw that in the preview, but I thought that was kind of interesting. I don't uh, know. Like sex times? I, yeah, sexy. Some woman was straddling him. I'm not sure. Yeah, she well. opened up her robe to him. I don't oh, know if actually that was – it It sort of looked like the house looked like the um, supermarket Stavros's. Oh. You know, the house that, so I don't know if it was his wife. I'm just speculating yeah. now. Uh, but yeah. it sort of looked like the very open windows. It looked like that house. Yeah. I thought it kind of looked like Kate Walsh. Yeah, but we know that she was but only in one But we know she was only episode. in one episode, so. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, she might surprise you. Oh, maybe. Um, maybe. Or it could be another hot chick. Um, I... It could be his sister-in-law. True oh. story. Ooh, mm-hmm. She's pretty. Um, I, th- I think that's all I have. I mean, I, I definitely think... Yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't really have anything else. I'm obsessed. I hope Adam Goldberg stays the whole time. I'm totally. It would be great. It would be yeah. great to continue to see his face. Yeah, I have to concur with all of you guys. I mean, I think Gus Grimley. We're going to see a lot more of him and his daughter, and yeah. that story is going to develop. I'd love to learn more about the mitzvah tank next door. Yeah. It sounds like <laughs> the coolest thing ever. I really want to know what it is. What happens in there? Yeah, yeah we well, could I mean, call them. They could come. They could set up a seder. That for would us. be great. Um, <laughs> oh so God, I don't know who I think. Fun. If I really think if anyone's going to die next week, it's going to be that annoying trainer. Just because okay. I feel like Lauren would okay. love to off someone that weak and measly. Right. Um, but, fans, I would love for you all to tweet at Noah Hawley, the writer of yes. this show, because Spell I tweeted him today. It's N O A H. H-A-W-L-E-Y at Noah Hawley on Twitter to ask him to come in Yay. and be on our show. Uh, we would love to interview you, yes, Noah. Yes. And I already tweeted him to ask. If you guys would ask and say pretty please, maybe he'll come. Yay. So uh, that news and uh, I think that's it for the rest okay. of our show. Yes. Thank you so much for tuning in and hashtag us. Or Yeah, we have to find out where where we are, right? Yeah. yeah. Sarah, where can the people find you? I'm not used to starting. Um, I'm at Sarah on the go, Sarah with an H on Twitter, and SarahBear627 on Instagram. I am on Twitter and Instagram at you can call me Skiff, S-K-I-F-F. Uh, I am at Jillian Leff on Twitter, <laughs> at Jilly Leff on Instagram. My website's JillianLeff.com. And make sure you tweet us all week because we yes. like responding. We love it. And I'm Oriana Leo. You can find me on Twitter at Miss Oriana Leo. Instagram, Oriana Leo. Website. OrianaLeo.com. Remember it. <laughs> um, but please tweet us. We love it. Comment on YouTube. Rate us on iTunes. We love five stars. And tweet at Noah Holly. See if we can get him Are we in hashtagging Audis um, or Fargo Fan Club? Ooh. Ooh. Fans, tell us what you want. Fargo Fan Club sounds pretty good. Fargo Fargo was you. I know. Yeah. But I didn't think of it. Yeah. Like that. We'll brainstorm. brainstorm. Okay. brainstorm. brainstorm. Send some tweets out. Yeah. What do you guys want to be called? What do you guys Fargo yeah. Fan Club? Yeah. I mean, I like that, but something kind of... Cheesy, but maybe Whatever. that's Jeezy. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, that's it for tonight's show. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.